Judd Bingsley here for Awful Neutral Podcast. You know, some weeks I black out and just pee on people. I didn't know that happened, but it's good to know that my bladder still works. In any case, make sure you like and subscribe to us on iTunes and Podomatic and uh, and uh, all those other uh, services that's, uh, where you get your podcast. Anyway, uh, thanks for listening to Awful Neutral. Welcome, foolish mortals, to Awful Neutral. Starring Dave Callens as the stalwart paladin. I am Kevin, and I have misplaced my immovable rod. Has anyone seen it? Sarah Lee Steiner as... I'm Gutrude, and I've finally gone Princess Diaries. Dan Sanborn as the gnomish warlock. All decorated cabbage up from and to set that fucking dog up. Clint Vizier as a powerful cleric. I'm I'm TV and I've got the biggest fucking headache. Salvador Viesca as the talented rogue thief. I'm Lothario and today is my golden chef, golden hour, golden golden hour. Jesse Egan as I'm off-brand Chud Bingsley, and I'd like to apologize for acting a tad out of character last week. Hello, and welcome to the Awful Neutral Podcast. My name is Damian Mercado, your Dungeon Master, and with me as always is Dave Callens as No Love for Kevin. Jesse Egan as Judd Bingsley. Sarah Lee Steiner. Gertrude. And uh, the rest of our cast was raptured away. That's right. You probably missed the rapture when it happened. <laughs> kind of surprised it took Dan Sanborn and left Jesse Egan. <laughs> that's, that's cruel. Hmm. But I also like at the beginning, you're thought? like, here as always, and like, you can only rely on us three. Yeah. Let's be real. Yeah. <laughs> what I could surmise is that if Clint. Sal and Dan were the only ones raptured. Is that God exists and he's a fucking dirt ball? <laughs> <laughs> Sounds about right. Well, they're having a good time. Check it out. They are. That is right. We have three absences today. One of them was planned, one of them was last minute, and the other one is by surprise. So uh, we like it. If any, of our, accident. if any of our fans want to tweet us and guess which was which, so <laughs> this is kind of a fuck, Mary kill, Dan, Clint, and Sal. Wait, yeah. wait, wait. If you get it right, we will send you a pair of dice or a set of dice that we play with. How about that? So basically between Dan, Clint, and Sal, it's who was planned, who was last minute, and who was a surprise. Yes. Of not being here. Okay. Can okay. we guess? And I will say that the person who was planned gave me two weeks notice. Mm. Like a real adult. You guys can use these clues. Uh, one of them, last minute, let me know this morning. Mm. And the last one, suddenly, just no call, no showed. Right. The one who told you this morning, was it, hey, something came up, or was it, hey, I made a mistake eating a burrito last night? Not going to be able to make it in. I feel like if I gave you that hint or any other hint. <laughs> Too obvious. You know. No, no, no. I'm, I'm... Dan does have sketchy burrito, burrito choices. Burrito-related yeah. excuses. <laughs> oh, he'll just tell me, like, I've got a burrito in my trunk that's been there for, like, a day. I'm going to eat that. I was like, that's not a good idea. No. He always has such weird stuff in his trunk. Does True. he have salmonella? <laughs> <laughs> no, he keeps that in the glove box. Ah. That was a pregnant pause right there. Is he pregnant? I think. <laughs> He's got that in his trunk. When I have leftovers at home, I do not refrigerate them. Really? And uh, I'll, I'll let it go for a few days while I oh. eat it just because I don't – the micro just heats so unevenly. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to have to – Do you like Homer with that hoagie that lasted tin- for months or whatever? Oh. Yeah, exactly. Is that the deal? You just leave it under your bed and just keep eating it and it's your – How good. often do you have food poisoning? Yeah. Never. Really? No. Never. Your constitution can't be that good. Never. My constitution is – Yeah, well, re- look it up. What's his bonus? 14. I get a plus two bonus. That's pretty so. good. Actually, yeah, that's like day old right, burritos. I'll tell you. Yeah, 16, that, that'll keep some burritos up. A here. long time ago when I lived in a house with uh, three other dudes, we all worked at the same restaurant. Somebody gave us one of those cheesecakes you get from Costco that has like four different flavors, 16 slices. Oh, I'm familiar. We left that on a bookshelf for like a month. Mm-hmm. And then one day I ate the whole thing mm. after it sat out for a month. 
and I was fine. And you were fine? I don't yeah. believe this story. I'm convinced more and more that you're immortal. Like, <laughs> Jesus like, Christ, I hope not. I don't know what your real age is. <laughs> yeah. Dave's bowels are so calm and collected. Yes, absolutely. Are they collected? Is that the term? It's my one power. What's the opposite of irritable? Amiable? <laughs> amiable, amiable bowel, bowel syndrome. <laughs> <laughs> Last week on the program was actually a pretty exciting one. Jesse, your presence was missed, mm. but it was played. But, but my whiz did not miss. Oh. You're not. You were a fucking ace, a sniper. Wow. <laughs> but you were voiced almost professionally. By somebody in this room. That's uh, amazing. Can you guess uh, who it was? Did you guys get Sam Elliott in here? Yeah. <laughs> Sarah Lee Steiner stepped up to the <laughs> plate. I am the master. Well done. I know you so well. Thank you. <laughs> Can I play Gertrude this week? Yeah, switch. <laughs> Be on me this time. Mm, spot on. <laughs> there it is. Last episode picked up in the aftermath of the Lord Privilegington fight. It found the gang rolling really well and looting Lord Privilegington's palace. Most of the party was able to loot 300 gold before all of the disgruntled crowds outside the gate, outside of Lord Privilegington's palace, the angry masses, the Kenku pirates, finally stormed the gate and began looting the palace, taking anything else of value before you guys could get there. The town was incredibly excited at your victory and threw you a party. However, you guys tended to keep to yourselves while the party was going on in your honor. All of you took refuge inside the inn, which was abandoned. And by candlelight, you guys got to know each other a bit better. By candlelight. <laughs> that sounds so romantic. Mm, it was. <laughs> nice. It kind of was. If you remember last week, Lothario started spitting some mean game at Tifi. Oh, I do remember that, yeah. Weird. <laughs> you guys played two truths and a lie and uh, actually revealed some things about yourself, as did Gremel Stonebreaker. Mr. Dandy was unable to join you because he was recovering from his wounds in the fight. Diabetic coma, too much candy. <laughs> Please, <laughs> Mr. Dandy's my father. Call me Randy. The next morning after you guys' is drinking game, again, in which case a lot of secrets were revealed, and Lothario made things forever uncomfortable between him and Tifi. Mm. At some point in the evening, Kevin went out to go to the restroom outside. However, before he did, he placed his newfound item, the immovable rod, one of two new items found when looting Lord Privilegington's place, on Lothario's back. Lothario, who had been throwing up into the toilet. It's a safety measure. Lothario was unable to move the next morning, and being that he was physically blocking the only toilet in the place, and Chud arrived to the restroom too late to stop what was going to happen, Lothario got golden showered. Wow. By a seven-foot-tall... Cowman. Very unfortunate for him. <laughs> Not unfortunate for Decorative Cabbage, who is tickled pink by this whole thing. <laughs> also what happened in this adventure, Tifi met an awakened Warforge. This Warforge was awakened after his master, Lord Thaddeus Kensington Privilegington VI, was defeated. This Warforge alerted Tifi that he was hearing a signal that summoned him to seek other Warforged. After a brief talk with Tifi, he escaped the palace. Speaking of that signal, one of the last things that happened before the end of the episode was Tifi, who didn't want to drink with everybody else or spend time at the celebration, decided to spend time in their newfound ship, the USS Gertrude's Dudes Tinkering Shop, where sometime during the course of the night, he began to finally hear the broadcast that that Warforge was talking about. It caused him immense pain before causing him to shut down. Okay. Last but not least, Kevin, while going out to the restroom, ran into two paladins, Sir Coulier and Sir Stamos. <laughs> two righteous paladins who were congratulating Kevin and the rest of the party on their deeds of bravery. It was only after they found out that Kevin was from the Brotherhood of the Moratory mm. that the conversation became awkward. Before awkwardly leaving, Sir Coulier and Sir Stamos advised Kevin that if he ever found himself in Duke's court, to seek them out. Mm. Should he go stay with them, or do they already have a full house? <laughs> Decorative Cabbage had a deep dream where he was summoned by his god, Hanseth, the dwarven god of chaos, punk rock, and just fucking shit up in general. Mm -hmm. Hanseth Did he get, he get pulled back into that dumpster world? Uh, no, it was just a dream. <laughs> uh, he was in the dumpster world, but just not physically. In the okay. Hanseth was actually extremely impressed with the chaotic progress that he saw from Decorative Cabbage. He liked that his instincts were to not support the party during their fight with Pandaman, but most of all, he liked that he heartlessly slaughtered three Warforged as they were being awakened <laughs> after Lord Privilegington fell. I believe he also peed in one of their heads, <laughs> wore it as a hat, and then exclaimed, it's a this really, is the one I peed in. It's a really weird episode when you hear it all told in a... Mm -hmm. a it was junk like that. This but, is like when everyone's like, what's your podcast about? Well. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. 
Pant and Seth was so impressed that he blessed Decorative Cabbage's sandwich tin so that he had access to many more sandwiches, unlimited sandwiches. Wow. That's right. He was so excited that he pulled out a sandwich immediately and kicked it away. <laughs> <laughs> because he could. A display of wealth. Yeah. Like burning a $100 bill. Yeah, exactly. I'm so glad he's being rewarded for being such a bad team player. <laughs> but here's the thing. Right? He's, he's being rewarded with, like, shit that doesn't matter. You guys have items that have made you more powerful, like, better combatants. Like, he, he has a fucking... He has sandwiches. Like, That's right. Yeah, my, my smoke power. That definitely made me stronger. <laughs> you should check. I, I audited your stat. You're pretty decent with a sword and a bow. That's right, bitches. Yeah. And a cigarette. I'm good sure with swords. Cast a... Let, let, let all those boys out there know. All right, Gertrude's got to get some sobriety in her. <laughs> Maybe this episode she'll learn how to Let's fight. Let's learn how to fight this. Let's episode. learn how to fight. Right. The next day after the celebrations, before boarding the ship, Chud, Kevin, and Gertrude find themselves standing outside the inn. Lothario is somewhere in town trying to steal an outfit that is both not soaked with urine and meets his high fashion standards. Good luck. Yeah, we told him to get something that was slim fit. Tifi uh, remains undiscovered and inactive somewhere on board the ship. Um, I'm going to chip off some ice for my drink. <laughs> you said I'm, he's frozen, right? Uh, he's like, he's not deactivated. Literally. Oh, uh, never mind. <laughs> I thought reason. he was like in a giant ice cube. No, somebody <laughs> shut off the power. <laughs> Did you try turning it off and back on again? Well, that's all I wanted. There was a crazy party last night. All of you got drunk. Maybe it starts with you apologizing for peeing on Lothario. Definitely, yeah. What the fuck was the immovable rod doing on his back? Yeah, I, I'm going to apologize for that for sure. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I don't have a very strong bladder. It's, uh, it's. I, I apologize. I try to I try to help dab his um, clothes. Hey, it's okay, man. I was into it. Yeah. Uh, Lothario's clothes are outside. Lothario is not outside, but his clothes, you're trying to, like, help clean his clothes. Yeah, I, I try to wash them. I, I I got some purified milk. To, that's not gonna make it cleaner. Uh, let me give this a shot. I try to scrub it, scrub it a little bit, and uh, you know, I, I feel bad for urinating all over him. Is his clothing, uh, say, not pressed to digitatable? It's like dry clean only. You can only clean it. Oh, one is way. that because uh, it's so fancy? Because I mean, as a as a wizard, I could give that a try. Um, you could press to digitate it clean. Yes, I definitely I will do that. Should I cast a? Do I need to roll? A, I could see you cleaning it, but him being such a drama queen, he's like, even though it's clean, nah, not going to okay. wear it anymore. Breast digitation, it's... That's automatic. It's automatic. Okay. And well, then definitely I make up for... Uh, clean up his clothes with the spell and then, uh, you know, make up a nice bowl of uh, yogurt and fruit out of, <laughs> out of my milk. Which udder does milk's. the yogurt I got a yogurt from. spout. Ugh. A yogurt teat. Mm -hmm. I also had an ex who did that. I believe you have the immovable rod. You actually deactivated it. Oh, I took the. Okay, so it's been movable now. So it's in your. It's, it's, in, your, it's in your possession, turn and it, it is a button you activate. You turn it on, turn it off. Okay, so well, I'll take it. I give it back to to. Ooh, can Kevin. we turn off the lights and yeah. play? Whose rod is this? Now, now do, you probably don't know how that rod got on his back. You can assume so that it's Kevin's. He put it there, but right. Well, I'll just come in and say, uh, Kevin, I found this rod. Uh, uh, it was holding down a man's back, and then I peed on that man. And, um, well, I've been having to make amends for it, but I suppose I should return this here rod. Well, thank you very much. I was wondering why I had left this. At that point, Decorative Cabbage comes out of the M. He looks groggy. He's big bags under his eyes. Looks like he had a rough night, but he's laughing his ass off. Oh, damn. Oh, damn. That was hilarious when you peed all over him. <laughs> oh, man. I wish I'd done that. Oh, damn. And he falls down giggling with joy. Oh, that's good. <laughs> Can I press to digitate him to be covered in piss? You could. <laughs> I won't. You'd probably you enjoy it. <laughs> I, I think you could do the same thing back. No, it's so. okay. Just a pissing fight. No, no, it's enough urine for one episode. <laughs> so yeah, I returned the immovable rod to Kevin, and uh, I'm going to ask him a, a favor, too. So Kevin, uh, I found um, I'm fairly inconsistent in battle. I was wondering if we could have a little training session. Uh, maybe you, me, and Gertrude, uh, maybe you could show us some pointers on how to, you know, wallop some bad guys. Don't know that you're teachable, but we could try. <laughs> he holds out his hand. <laughs> if you can snatch this from my hand. Yeah, you're not, uh, you're not holding anything. You mean the, <laughs> the rod that I just gave you? You want me to snatch that back? Gertrude puts her hand in his hand and tries to, like, mesh her fingers in there. Like, like they're holding hands. I can do it. Chud, you are worthy. Come with me. <laughs> I want to be worthy, too. Oh, man, this sounds like work, but I, wanna, I, I love to see this. 
I'll do. Uh, and with that, Kevin starts leading them out into uh, the outskirts of the town. It's really not that far. Okay. It's actually on the way to the ship. He's just looking for uh, some space in an open field where he can begin teaching you lessons. Okay. As you guys are traveling down the road, a Kenku comes running up to Chud. Mm. He says, Mr. Chud, Mr. Chud, wait up for a second. Yeah, what's, uh, what's the problem, little feller? Oh, nothing's a problem. We wanted to express our gratitude for all the help you guys have been doing. Oh, it's nothing. I, I, I uh, it was actually an accident urinating on that man. I, I didn't mean to do it, but uh, you're welcome. What? Oh, this you... isn't piss related. Uh... Oh, you paid old people. Can we change the name of this podcast to piss related? <laughs> <laughs> no, you're very welcome. What if it uh, help our numbers? I We're... bet it would. Is this about liberating the candy factory, or uh, uh, yeah. is this about uh, the destroying that flame festival, or is this about uh, summoning uh, genuine? You're welcome for all of those things. This is about that and so much more. And as a little tear rolls out of his eye. Mr. Dandy's very sorry that he couldn't be here to thank you personally, but he's recovering from his very grievous injuries. He did ask me to give you this letter, though, if you'd like to read it. Uh, yeah, let's uh, see what it says. The Kenku hands Chud... A letter, wipes the tear from his eye, and sprints away. Okay. Hold on, read it out to me. I don't, I'd be reading it, but that's stupid. All right, we got ourselves a long letter here, folks. Uh, here it goes. Dearest heroes, thank you for all your glorious hard work. It was a dream seeing all of you come together and help me save Crow's Point. I am happy to let all of you know the candy factory is up and running again. Soon, Mr. Dandy's candy will be sold all over the land again. All over the landy, that's what I would have worked. Uh, anyway, sadly, I have been unable to return Mr. Genuine back to his home world at the moment, but I am working on it. For now, he's teaching at the Kenku, uh, teaching the Kenku at the factory some of the music from his world. Needless to say, the Kenku have become much more erotic. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so happy right now. Uh, and work has slowed down some with the Kenku sneaking off and the sanitation issues, of course. Tell them to jump back on it. Good point. I have taken over as the acting mayor of Crow's Point and am currently training Captain Featherbeard the finer points of politics so he can take over. It goes without saying, but you all have a place to come home to if needed. I am sure most of you have tuned out to whoever was reading this letter, but listen up, here comes a good part. I have included a special candy for each of you, as well as a fair sum of money for all of you beautiful people. 500 gold for each of you. Hey, that's a, that's a lot of money. That's right. I guess we should uh, write that down on our inventory. <laughs> Do we have to share it with the others? Because they don't know about this letter. Mm, I don't know, but uh, this one's for uh, Cabbage. Cabbage uh, says here, the ultimate pastrami candy allows you to have uh, advantage on all attack rolls for one minute. Oh, damn. Yeah. Uh, Lothario, this is for you, the chameleon candy. For one hour after eating, you can become invisible if you stop moving and blend into whatever obstacle you are against. I will hold that for Lothario, thank you. All right. Uh, TV, uh, this one's for TV. Uh, zero gravity candy, grants flight for one minute. Wow, that's a good one. Chud, this one's for me. The inspiring candy. On your turn as a free action, you can do something to inspire an ally. Last for one minute. All right, I'll have to think about that. Kevin Pat's head on the shoulder. You always inspire me, friend. Mm. <laughs> Thank you, Kevin. Now I can do it for a full minute. Uh, Gertrude, last one here. The dandy candy turns you into the most attractive you could and still can be. Oh, boy. <laughs> Grant's advantage for one hour on all charisma-based checks. Oh, there's one more. Would you mind taking that right now? <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> Kevin, uh, the Mighty Candy. This grants advantage on strength-based checks and plus five to weapon damage for one minute. Dang, that's some good candy. What flavor is that? Uh, looks like it's licorice, unfortunately. Oh, well. That's some good yeah. treats. Thank you, Mr. Dandy and his little minion that brought this letter. You're welcome. You hear in the distance. <laughs> you can't really see it. Wow, their voice is really just shrill. It pierces does forever well that was a good uh good candy haul and we got 500 gold on top yeah. of it wow after chud reads the letter kevin eager to begin the training turns to the group and says oh, kevin's really not an eager kind of person <laughs> follow me feeling <laughs> obligated <laughs> i find myself losing interest in training you we should do this quickly it's very on brand 
Kevin begins walking towards the open field. Seems like he kind of just wants to get this over with. Chud, Gertrude, and Decorative Cabbage, upon seeing Kevin moving, began to follow. Right. Uh, after about not more than five minutes, it's really a short walk, Kevin finds a suitable place just on the fringes of town, just outside the quarter of the city where you'd find the docks. Okay. Is it um, a danger room? That's what we're looking for. <laughs> An escape room? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Kevin goes out into the field, pulls his hammer out, and says, First lesson. I'm going to walk up to Decorative Cabbage. I'm going to go ahead and assume I get advantage on this because they don't know what's happening. <laughs> yeah, if you surprise, I'm going to say they get surprised. I'm going to push him over, put my foot on his stomach, and then hit him with my hammer like he's a croquet ball. <laughs> You're going to queen of hearts. You're going to kill him? I'm not going to kill him. I'm just going to bump him. They're like, okay, so. It's, like a, it's a field with like a slight decline, so I'm just going to roll him down the hill okay. with my hammer. I hear what you want to do, and normally I would say that decorative cabbage would have to roll a dexterity saving throw in order to get out of it. However, decorative cabbage is not here to advocate for himself. (laughs) (laughs) So decorative cabbage, I guess, finds himself used as a croquet ball. Kevin walks up to the group. He stands in the middle, decorative cabbage on the right, Chud Bingsley in front and Gertrude on the left. He it's just like that scene from Ground, ground, uh, from ground what was it? Caddyshack. Caddyshack, yeah. Kevin looks forward. <laughs> he turns 45 degree angles to the right. <laughs> so he's at his facing decorative cabbage. And he turns 90 degrees to the left, which brings him to facing Gertrude. Uh, while he's facing Gertrude, tensions are high. Nobody knows what Kevin's going to do. His hammer is drawn. <laughs> It is at that moment that he springs his leg out 90 degrees to the right, striking decorative cabbage in the chest. Not hard, but it doesn't take a lot for a very strong, large being to kick over a gnome. (laughs) Decorative cabbage is caught completely unaware, almost as if he wasn't here to roll a saving throw. Kevin follows up that kick by escorting Decorative Cabbage's body directly to the ground, never taking his foot off. Uh, there is a slight downhill decline. Kevin, does Kevin say anything before he swings? No. Kevin says nothing. He brings his other foot closer to square himself, his uh, left foot still being on Decorative Cabbage's chest, and he lightly taps him with the hammer. Decorative Cabbage then begins rolling down the hill. Oh, damn, what the hell? This is I cool. This is cool. All right, I'm going to continue painting the picture from that point. <laughs> Please. I got my so- finger the three of us remain standing at the top of the hill. I'm in between uh, Gertrude and uh, Chud as we watch Decorative Cabs roll down the hill. They're distracted by this, so I take one step back, hold my hammer lengthwise across my body, and push them both in the back so that they too tumble down the hill behind him. Now you two are here to roll dexterity saving. I think we're going to have a disadvantage, right? This element of surprise is gone. Well, I failed. So I got a total 12. Total 12? <laughs> yeah, he got us. <laughs> Kevin, after some would say cruelly, kicking a gnome down a hill, (laughs) turns to Chud and Gertrude. Now, Chud and Gertrude must have been so shocked by this act that happened right Mm -hmm. in front of them. It just seemed like such a surreal moment that they didn't see. Also, they're watching, and I step back, and I get them from behind. And And we're probably laughing. Yeah. They're laughing. (laughs) They're somewhere between laughing and being concerned to being worried that he's just, you're going to see a finger gun come come right their direction. Everybody cover your motivator. I don't have one. (laughs) It is at that moment that Kevin approaches them from behind with the intent on pushing them over. Gertrude was the only one who sensed it coming, but was too slow to react. As Kevin takes the handle of his hammer and puts it horizontal and using both arms, bench presses the hammer into Gertrude and Chud, knocking them down the hill. Mm. I'm envisioning myself like turned and facing you as this is happening. (laughs) So I still fall, but I see it and I lock eyes just like... Why? <laughs> As this is the second time I've been thrown down a flight of stairs or a hill, I'm rolling down going, I already know this lesson. Uh, as Kevin watches them tumble down the hill across the field, he yells out, remember your ABCs. Always be ready for combat. <laughs> and with that, roll for initiative. Okay. Uh, I got 15. Uh, 13. 12. Chud and Gertrude ready for this lesson to begin. They're ready to come at their sensei and give them all they got. They kind of expected Decorative Cabbage to be on board too, but you'd hear from the bushes beside you, God damn it, I landed on my motivators. God damn it. 
I and just picture him like laying and giggling on the ground for the whole time. Just like a thorn branch perfectly <laughs> aimed at it. You can't see him directly, but you can hear something roughly about the size of a gnome rolling around in a bush, <laughs> writhing in pain. Very similar to like a rat in a bush. <laughs> the noises coming from the bush exclaim of groin pain, but to their credit are handling it pretty well. The pain sound that it's given is somewhere in between agonizing pain and a sick sense of humor <laughs> and a sick laughter. Mm. Maybe just a, a pinch <laughs> of pleasure. <laughs> oh, damn, we got a good there. Oh, oh wrong the motivator. Yeah, you did. Oh, I want to finger blast you so good. As our, our, our spell slots are back for this fight. You guys have long, had a long rest. You guys are all good. Kevin stands at the top of the hill. He is about 20 feet away on an incline above Gertrude. We're playing like king of the hill here with Kevin. My, my move first. I, I just taught him their first lesson. And so I yell down to the hill, is that what you had in mind? <laughs> Gallo comes out in front of Kevin's vision. He's this ball of orange energy. That seemed rather unfair. Perhaps you should start with teaching them how to defend themselves. Simple parrying tactics. Light weapon skills. Well, if they were ready, they would have been ready for the attack. It is hard to argue with your logic. And Gallo goes away. <laughs> What's your move? You're, you're up first. Um... I, I just taught him to be ready, so I'm kind of turning and I'm walking back towards town. <laughs> yeah, I like that. So I'm going to say Kevin's holding his action. He's doing nothing. Okay. I assume he's going to defend himself if attacked. Okay. So he's hold. So I'm holding my action. All right. Okay. So he's holding his action. Uh, move on to Jesse. Chud, you're up. Okay. So it's uh, it's my attack first. I am going to try a new spell and cast hideous laughter <laughs> on <laughs> Kevin. Now, I believe he has to roll a... It's a attack uh, saving throw, wisdom 14. So you have to beat a 14 wisdom saving throw. Seven. A creature of your choice that you can see within range perceives everything as hilariously funny and falls into fits of laughter if this spell affects it. The target must succeed on a wisdom saving throw or fall prone, becoming incapacitated and unable to stand up for the duration. At the end of each of its turns and each time it takes damage, the target can make another wisdom saving throw. The target has advantage on the saving throw if it's triggered by damage. On a success, the spell ends. That's a good spell. <laughs> hey, Kevin, why did the chicken cross the road? To get its ass kicked, that's why. And then I cast a spell. Uh, blue magical energy surrounds Chud. It gets concentrated into his mouth and with a almost ethereal ghost-like uh, beam, it moves quick as an arrow strikes Kevin. Whether Kevin actually found the joke funny or he not did. is he unknown. Did. <laughs> it is known. <laughs> and whether Kevin was going to pass out from laughter with or without magic is unknown. Kevin is thrown to the ground, rolling around, laughing as if he was decorative cabbage, watching Lothario get peed on. I'm going to clean that up just a little bit. Um, first of all, he did think the joke was funny because... <laughs> A chicken getting his ass kicked, that's hilarious. <laughs> you know, just try to picture that and not laugh. Oh, thank you. Uh, secondly, Kevin's very low energy, so a fit of laughter for Kevin. His response to the joke as he falls to the ground is like, that is hilarious. Ha ha. Ha ha. Ha ha. Ha ha. That is going a on. chicken. <laughs> Unless you have a bonus action. Yes, I'm going to use my bonus action and turn invisible. Oh, I wanted you to use a bonus action to tickle. I want to get up close to him <laughs> to do that. All right. So with bonus action, uh, I assume you're going to use your movement then to uh, close the distance. What's your movement speed? 30 feet walking movement, movement speed. You can catch up to Kevin. So use your bonus action, turn invisible. I will say that you catch up to Kevin. Yeah. Uh, and as a free action, because a free action is essentially an action you take that means nothing. Yeah. So like talking to somebody, that's a free action. Yeah. But I will let you tickle him as a free action. <laughs> okay. So I turn invisible, I sneak up behind him, and then I, I start tickling him while he's laughing and controlling and I say, coochie, coochie, coo. <laughs> Chud snaps his fingers, disappears from sight, and you can see if somebody was observant enough, they could see fingerprints roughly the size of a seven-foot-tall kobold. Shaquille uh, O'Neal's footprints yeah. sneaking up. Uh, walking through the grass in the field until they stop right beside Kevin. Kevin can feel... This is probably the stupidest thing I could have done is go right up to him, but anyway. This I... is the best action sequence I've pictured <laughs> since, like, the Raid Redemption. This is top-notch. Kevin feels large, experienced fingers uh, probing for nerves, trying to get laughter. I don't uh, like that description. It, I don't either. It, it hits his sides <laughs> under the armor, his neck, goes for right above the knee, the inner thigh. Nothing sexual about it. 
You guys are the yeah. sick fucks making this sexual. No, just experienced fingers is a yeah, little odd. The guy's crunchy, man. You think he's never given a massage before? <laughs> you know, I've tickled my cat before, so I go for his tummy. Yeah, there we go. go. Gucci, Gucci, Gucci. Kevin feels his tummy being tickled. Is there any sort of saving throw on this, or is it just... <laughs> Tell you what, roll a constitution saving throw to see if it adds to your laughter, if you find it. Even funny. It, Seven, 17. 17? You are actually able to resist the effects of the tickle. Damn it. <laughs> Brings out the claws. <laughs> Stop. This is taking away from the humor of your hilarious chicken joke. Uh, Gertrude, you're up. I want to use my ring of the ram, but I have a question on a technicality. So it says the ring has three charges and it regains 1d3 expended charges daily at dawn. While wearing the ring, you can use an action to expend one to three of its charges to attack one creature you see within 60 feet of you. The ring produces a spectral ram's head and makes its attack roll with a plus seven bonus on a hit. For each charge you spend, the target takes 2d10 force damage and is pushed five feet away from you. So now, when I'm doing an action, is the action from the ring or is it my normal action, but it's getting a bonus? That is your action. You are not shooting okay. a bow. You are not using an object. You are using your ring. Fisting him with the, the ring. ring. <laughs> <laughs> I like to picture it as you're the green fucking lantern. You're Hal Jordan, okay. and you're doing really, a you punch. You want Hal Jordan on that one? <laughs> All right. Yeah. Well, I'm kind of different green lantern. That's fine. Okay, so I'm going to do that. I'm going to put on the ring, and I'm going to... Hopefully you're already wearing it, right? Pull it out of my pocket. Okay. <laughs> it should, it should, it's on. <laughs> I slip it slowly onto my ring finger, which has a tremendous tan line from a recent ring taking off of it, potentially an engagement or a wedding band. Oh, now the new one is covering those tan lines. Is that a bonus action? <laughs> yeah, yeah, a role play as a bonus action. <laughs> um, okay, so then I'm just going to roll. So I got an 18 and then it's plus 7. Yeah, that, that hits. Nice work. Right, so that, that hits. Go ahead and roll damage. It's 2d10. So 2d10? Jesus. Yeah. So th- three damage. Three. Okay. <laughs> now uh, does... Dude, uh, it's like a baby ram. Yeah, do, do you do... I'm invisible. Do you think she pushes him into me? I'm going to say that you're standing at Kevin's side. Okay. And that, and that you are not... Yeah, you are not blocking, <laughs> obstructing uh, Gertrude anyway. Okay. Gertrude, do you have a bonus action? I am going to tickle Kevin. Mm. From a distance... With your with, with your, the gadget hands. Yes. So I you like that. so you stay in place, right? I stay in place. I go go gadget extend tickle jelly fingers. Minus one. One of them is not a jelly finger. One of them's a lighter. <laughs> so I got four fingers to tickle. The fickle fingers of fate. The four fingers of the apocalypse. They tickle them with the fucking lighter finger. The, the fickle. <laughs> I feel like jelly fingers are gonna be really tickly. Yeah, but a little static electricity producing. <laughs> so Gertrude can see Kevin lying prone, laughing his butt off at the top of the hill. That Hell, is as much as Kevin laughs, anyways. Uh, <laughs> Ha! <laughs> <laughs> laughing like a robot cat. Like a robot Alec Rickman program to laugh. Gertrude sees this. I give you the F-B-I. That was a terrible Alan Rickman impression. Sorry. <laughs> I give you the F-B-I. I What's like to happening? pretend it stands for female body inspector. <laughs> that always brings a smile to Alan Rickman's face. The name's... But, but for Kevin, is it... Feline body expectant. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) Gertrude remembers she has an item that she has yet to use. She has the ring of ram. She clenches her fist tight, and beside her appears a goat who's smoking a cigarette. It's a ram. (laughs) A ram. This with a broken. I wanted to have one broken antler thing. (laughs) Yeah. One one goes up, one goes down, but it's chipped. (laughs) A little moldy. Thank you for meeting me halfway. Yeah, because I'm picturing the Gertrude of rams. So yes, uh, that ram that she just described, there is a cigarette out of this ram's mouth. It's just an actual beat down ram <laughs> truck. Yeah. It can't, it can't buy. It goes, bah. I, I kind of like the ram truck thing, but, actually, but she painted it. It's a wheel. Shitty vehicle. It just... this, this ram is next to Gertrude, looks very sickly. It is green and made of spectral energy. Gertrude does a phantom punch towards Kevin. As soon as that punch reaches its crescendo, the ram takes off fast as Gertrude's fist, speeding up the hill. Unfortunately, the angle in which Kevin was at the very top of the hill, the ram wasn't able to get a great connection, only doing three damage to Kevin, but knocking him five feet backwards. Now, is it because of the angle of the hill or because Gertrude's not really that good at doing stuff? I blame the ram. Yeah, the ram <laughs> slowed down right before the top and started coughing, <laughs> and then get up and go zero to 60, basically, with the last five feet up the hill. 
It needed its, its uh, inhaler, <laughs> spectral energy inhaler. My favorite part is that she punched him with a ram and then tickled him. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we haven't gone there yet. Uh, <laughs> like, who does that? Gertrude does. <laughs> I love it. After Kevin's away, uh, even though she can't see him because Kevin's over the crescendo of the hills, so roll me a sleight of hand check. 19. Ooh. 19. Gertrude extends all 30 feet of Oh, her... I'm sorry. I rolled a 19, but I have plus four, so... 23. Right. Uh, Gertrude, you have no problem finding Kevin, even though you cannot see him, and because you knocked him uh, further over the crest of the hill, you extend your arm using every foot, all 30 feet of your arms extending growth. You do not have to move your feet. You did it all from place. You finally feel Kevin with your four jelly fingers and one lighter finger, and you start rubbing some kitty belly. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin, roll a constitution check. See if... 19 plus 2. Oh, man, this is not funny to you at all. <laughs> Furthermore, I do believe that Jesse's spell is rendered because he took damage. I do believe that is the end of the spell. No, if he takes damage, then he's at an advantage, I believe. To, to make my saving to throw. To make his saving throw. Okay, so at the top of your turn, you were attacked. Kevin, go ahead and make a saving throw. Go ahead and roll twice. What's the... It should be a wisdom. 14 You got to be 14 wisdom. Got it. Mm. 18 plus 2. Whew. Kevin, you have just been knocked five feet by a fucking spiritual ram. And you felt a lot of unwanted hands touching your belly. It's your turn. <laughs> and that's it. And you were barely hurt at all. Kevin stands up. Well done, my friends. <laughs> Perhaps next time there's a battle, you can bring this much gusto. <laughs> Chud, do tell me another joke, my friend. You don't see Chud. Chud. Oh, he's invisible. God damn it. Chud, could you tell me another joke? Oh my God, please do a knock-knock joke. And he's like, where are you? <laughs> Uh, Kevin looks around for Chud, not being able to see him. I don't see you or a door. Knock, knock. Come in, my friend. (laughs) (laughs) You're supposed to say who's there. It is I, Kevin. (laughs) Now you're making me laugh. Does he use his whole turn to do this? Kevin, this is how he's using his turn. So do you turn around and walk away again, or do you stand there? No, I'm standing. I'm like, congratulate him on there. So Kevin has (laughs) held his action again. Okay. Still coming at him. (laughs) You go, Decorative Cabbage. Hit him on the motivators. Oh, damn. Decorative Cabbage puts his tap into a tree uh, (laughs) while he's laying there and just has it draining into his mouth as he's laying there holding his groin. Absolutely. I like that. Oh, yeah. Uh, I'll I'll, I'll be there in a second. As soon as I'm done drinking this here tap. Those were two very good attacks, my friends, although Gertrude's was rather weak. If you just do this again in the next battle, you'll do fine. <laughs> it is your turn, Jesse, if you choose to do Okay. Your... I was thinking of turning into something that to, that would bother a cat, but... A giant dog? Ooh, I could turn dog. into a giant dog. Or another cat. Yeah, I could turn he, into another Because Kevin's not social. And then one bowl of milk. <laughs> they have to fight it out. Well, because he hasn't attacked us yet, so I feel weird about attacking him. <laughs> now, you are invisible, so... Oh, you're... yeah, I'm still invisible. All right, so I'm going to cast an illusion of myself... In front of him, like also I, invisible. Yeah, like I just <laughs> became visible, but like in the wrong place. So I'm like my back is facing him, like uh. But I'm I want to walk like around behind him. Like a displacer beast. Him. That's good. Okay. So like I cast an illusion of myself in front of him, but I'm actually behind him. You could do. Can that. I pants him? I would allow that. Yes. Okay. So I'm gonna pant. I, I'm gonna make your roll for it. What I wanted to do was I'm invisible. I want to go behind him, pants him, and then have the illusion appear in front of him. So he thinks that there I am. Okay, uh, I'm gonna need for you to roll a sleight of hand check. Okay. Is there Ooh. a saving check or no? 19. 19, I'm going to give you the chance to roll a perception check to try to perceive this. Perception, 19 plus four, 18. You do not seven. notice it, you do not beat the 19. Beautiful. To be fair, he's invisible. <laughs> <laughs> All right. uh, what kind of cat pants does he have on? No, he's uh, never nude. They're, they're <laughs> never nude. Does he have jeans? I'm going to say they're armor pants. There is some some buckles in the back to okay. which now that's with a sleight of hand is you're able to, with that roll, Chud Bingsley, who is invisible, sneaks around behind Kevin because he rolled real well and because uh, he is a naturally perverse individual. <laughs> no, and he's a naturally qu- uh, quiet and somewhat stealthy dude. He's able to undo the buckle quickly without Kevin noticing. As soon as he undoes that buckle, Kevin's pants <laughs> fall to the ground. <laughs> I will say with a roll like that you had though, Kevin, you do sense it very quickly and able to kind of pull them back up and hold them up with one arm. They do not remain down for long. <laughs> we saw your kitty pee-pee. And with- Kevin's got nothing to hide. <laughs> oh, has he been as fixed? A, as, a, as a bonus action, I cast hideous laughter on myself. <laughs> <laughs> you could, but does Kevin wear underwear? Yeah. <laughs> That's right. 
Or is he free ball? Do you have underoos on? Uh, no, it's just all furry down there. Are you fixed? Chud blinks mm. his invisible eyes after that, and he summons a minor illusion of himself in front of Kevin. This minor illusion is of Chud, but he's kind of doing like kind of a little victory dance. Yeah. I do like a, like a touchdown football dance where I like spike a fake football. Got it. All right. Gotcha. Uh, if that's what's going on, then Kevin is going to grab Gertrude's hand. I'm assuming the arm is still extended. <laughs> oh, you know what? You, you did. You did. No, he saved his action. I'm going to try to grab Gertrude's arm and like leg sweep Chud with it. Now, the illusion of Chud? Yeah. So okay. I think that's him. Go ahead and roll an attack roll and just add your proficiency. Seven plus nine. Yeah. Oh, plus two is nine. I'm going to say that you grab Gertrude's arm. But uh, Gertrude starts resisting, and it kind of becomes a little bit of a tug of war. And you really want to sweep this condescending, dancing giant cowman in front of you. <laughs> but uh, Gertrude's fighting pretty hard. Okay, Gertrude, you're up. Okay, so I have the ability to do two weapon fighting if they're both melee. So I'm gonna take a uh, my long sword in my right hand and my dagger in my left. Uh, the right hand that I'm holding right now. That's extended 30 feet. I will just take my longsword. I would allow you to attack with your lighter finger. 1d4 heat damage. But it only makes a spark right now, right? It gets our pretty hot. It gets hot enough to cause some, some damage. All right, so I'm going to have my longsword in my left hand, and then in my jelly hand, I'm going to try and light. But I'm going to be cool about it and try and light with one finger. Okay, so I'm going to say for your action, because you were always smoking, that you had recently lit up a cigarette not more than a minute ago, and your finger, which was not being used to tickle Kevin, your lighter finger is very hot. You started sending power to it the second Kevin grappled onto you. Go ahead and give me an attack roll. Just add your proficiency, I'm assuming. I, I do thoroughly enjoy that Shud is making me laugh and tickling me, and she's pulling out a sword and a lighter. <laughs> there are two different speeds at which the attacks are coming at you. I'm trying. <clears throat> well, I rolled a natural one. Proficiency doesn't even matter then. Nope. You are just comfortably warm. <laughs> the hand ignites yeah. itself. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Gertrude, while trying to use her lighter finger, which I believe is her middle pointer finger, finger is her middle finger, uh, to burn Kevin, actually, uh, due to the, all the wiggling around that's happening, actually burns a hole in her one of her jelly bags. No! <laughs> and uh, the lighter is actually doused in this jelly fluid, which you hear loud as this fire has now been doused in her finger. It wasn't a real flame. It was just a hot piece of metal. But yeah. it's, it's no longer as effective at burning people for a little bit. Please, Kevin, just be like... Is that strawberry? <laughs> uh, Gertrude then uses the maximum amount of her 30 feet of movement to run up and attack with long a sword. with her long sword. I got a 17. So okay, so 17 plus 7. Just roll a 1d8. 1. Gertrude, after damaging her own jelly hand and failing to attack Kevin, I mean really failing, rushes in screaming her Gertrude war cry. <laughs> comes rushing swiftly 30 feet up the hill towards Kevin, long sword in her offhand. Once she gets within range of Kevin, swings, is able to make contact, but really awkward form. Maybe it was running up the hill or something, but something took a lot of steam off that. Uh, the blade makes contact with Kevin's arm. The shot should have done a lot of damage. It basically barely broke Kevin's skin. Even so, she has done, I believe, three or four damage to you total. Four. Four total. Three on the first thing and three with the ram and... One. <laughs> Kevin, you're bleeding from your arm. One? I don't know if I'm bleeding. I think I have it's a welt. It's a paper cut. I think I have a welt on my arm. It's, it's, not, it's, like, it's like falling down and getting a scratch. It's yes. not like... I do appreciate you pulling your punches, Gertrude. Best to remain friends in this kind of exercise. Uh, Kevin, you are up. I've got the ring of invisibility when I hold my breath, so... I'm going to hold my breath and turn invisible. Okay, what do you want to do? Uh, use the hammer to sweep your legs out. Give me uh, an attack roll. 13 plus 7, 20. That sure as shit hits Gertrude. All right. I mean, I'm going soft. I'm just trying to trip yeah. her. I'm not. Are you going behind her? All right. Just to the side. To the side. All right. After saying those words, Kevin holds his breath. As soon as he does so, his ring activates and he goes invisible. As Kevin vanishes, he swiftly sidestep around Gertrude in the way that only a martial fighter could. He takes his hammer and sweep Gertrude off of her feet. And with a roll like that, he sure as shit does. <laughs> Gertrude gets swept. Her legs fling up in the air. <laughs> Uh, and she lands hard on her back. Not enough to do damage, but certainly enough to knock the air out of her for a little bit. <laughs> uh, oh, it's the first time in a long time a man swept me off my feet. That was not as funny as Chud's. <laughs> I moved twice. Uh. <laughs> you hear a moo coming from Chud, but not the Chud that you see still confidently dancing. 
right beside you, you hear it come from uh, some other space, perhaps a few feet away. Does does his move give me any sort of chance to attack him, or would I be at a huge disadvantage because he's invisible? Roll a perception check after hearing that move. 15 plus 4, 19. Oh yeah, uh, with that you were able to to get the general area. Not only that, but with that roll you actually can now see Chud's footprints in the field. You were still invisible. Same move, uh, sweep his legs. <laughs> um, okay, I'm going to say, yeah, because you're not using it for damage, you're, this is just kind of a play move for you, I'm going to say it's a bonus action, I'll count it. So, so we'll roll, attack roll. You are invisible, I'll give you advantage. Oh, the hammer, 7, 19. 19? With a 19, while you don't know where Chud is, and maybe Kevin's not the greatest problem solver in the world, but he's seen enough fighting stances to know an awkward one, and looking at how Chud's feet are, he can guess that Chud would be off balance if he came in at a certain angle. Knowing that, Kevin, very gingerly, but with enough force to knock a seven foot tall cowman down, takes the handle of his hammer and sweeps Chud's legs. He does not hit as hard as Gertrude, though to be fair, Chud has not done damage to <laughs> Kevin. Not done Chud falls a bit more gently, but he is now prone. Jesse, yes. you are up. Okay, so I'm on my ass, and am I invisible still? As soon as Chud hit the ground, uh, he, bam, becomes visible again. Okay. Although I am invisible. Well, if it's a concentration spell... It probably uh, went away. No, you'd have to roll a concentration check after falling. Okay. Um, but, well, I don't care, it can go away. But, but you can just drop it. Okay, okay. I drop it. So I'm on my ass, he's invisible, and what is she doing? She's on her ass. I'm laying We're on all my on back, ass. catching my breath, coughing. Okay. Well, at that point, I just start laughing, you know, and say, oh, this has been a hell of a lot of fun. I, I do appreciate you training us in the ways of the warrior. I now know how to fall on my ass two different ways. Appreciate it, Cuban. I know that's how he spells it. It's Cuban. <laughs> you both did very well in this training session, although you could still use some practice. I can see improvement. <laughs> okay. <coughs> Gertrude says, uh, clearly in pain from the ground. My back's finally in alignment. I cast Cure Wounds on these guys. Because you do want to train and mm-hmm. get better, I'm going to say uh, we're going to do a roll in a second. Mm-hmm. Uh, your intelligence check. If this is something you pursue, martial lessons with him, I will give you a martial ability. For example, counterattack. So if somebody gets close to you and attacks you, you can use your reaction to uh, physically attack back. That's great, yeah. So go ahead. Is that, and, is that for both of us or just for him? That is for both of you because you guys both participated in it. Go ahead and roll an intelligence check, and we're going to see how well the first lesson goes. Yeesh. Oh. <laughs> Not good. Uh, five plus four is nine. Um, I also got a nine total. Nine? <laughs> All right. Nice! High five. Well, we didn't do any damage, though. So I learned how to tickle, but not good. Do they get advantage because trying to help them or something? Oh, no, or? no. no. Oh, right. <laughs> Don't try and help them. Um, he literally did his best to not hurt us and still hurt us. Because both of you got a nine, here's what I'm going to say happened. Because you guys were going at such a slow speed, and that really wasn't simulated combat, part of learning combat is, yes, your footwork. Yes, it's your form. Yes, it's your timing. It's your endurance. But a big part of it as well is knowing what to do in the face of danger when somebody is coming at you with that attack. And maybe it was that element missing from it. It was the fact that Kevin was starting off slowly and teaching you that maybe you didn't learn as much as you could have. You do feel that the lesson was there. You just, for some reason, missed part of it. We're going to do it again whenever we get more cancellations. The next time everybody fails to show. We'll learn more. (laughs) And with that, the lesson is over. Gertrude uh, bows and says, Thank you, Sensei. Yes. And I also bow, and as I bow, I fart really loud. <laughs> and then I say, thank you, Sensei. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> thank you again. I shouldn't have uh, eaten so much grass before this uh, workout. Be, being invisible, I walked away minutes ago. Goodbye, Sensei. Sensei, can you smell it? Still, I know you're invisible, but... Smell you later. Smell you later, Sensei. Smells like Bakersfield. (laughs) He's like the wind. (laughs) Does Kevin go to the ship, or where does Kevin go? Yeah, we're headed to the ship. Say Gertrude and Chud follow, but we're, like, doing air karate chops on our way back. And we also high-five, like, really hard. Yeah. But I'm too tall, so then I kind of have to low-five it. Doing, like, Totally. Which we think we're like awesome. Yeah, we are awesome. (laughs) You guys continue the short walk to the ship. Kevin arrives first. Uh, Decorative Cabbage actually follows 
about five minutes behind you guys. Oh, yeah, uh, we forgot about him. He follows... No, we knew what he was back to. <laughs> he follows uh, stumbling, uh, perhaps from groin pain, perhaps from the uh, several quarts of liquor he siphoned off of the tree and his alcohol tap. Oh, did you croquet him right in the balls? Is that what you did? I pictured the body. Mm, okay. Actually, I can't remember which arm is my jelly arm. Which is her goo arm. We actually don't have that at Canon yet. You can, you can say it right now. Somebody's doing art, so come You on. want a gooey left arm or a gooey right arm? I want a gooey right arm. Okay, sent. Gooey right arm. Chet, do you a... think we should tell everyone that we're master fighters now? I think we should. I mean, we definitely got to, like, at least a brown belt. I think we should tell Tiffy first. He's going to be so impressed. Let's see if we can find him. I, I want to let him know that I gave a... a, a Cuban a, a, a wedgie almost. Well, I gave him a pie, pants him real good. Decorative cabbage over here is what you're saying. That ain't what happened. That cat man kicked all y'all's ass. I'm about to finger blast his ass. Hitting me like, treating me like a goddamn croquet ball. Oh, damn. That's bullshit. That's bullshit. Hey, next time we do training, no witnesses, huh? Yeah, no witnesses. Yeah. And then also, I need to ask TV to fix my burnt jelly hand. Mm, let's find him. Lothario stands in front of you, uh, new clothing, new leather armor, uh, pilfered from all around town, which probably wasn't too difficult considering he's now a hero in this town. But I need to find Tifi. Uh, I need to find something to scotch guard my clothes from Cowpiss. And he looks oh. over at Chud. I yeah. love your new deep voice. Yeah, sorry about that, by the way. I did clean your clothes uh, to make up for it, uh, and I left you with some nice strawberry yogurt. The uh, fruit's I'm... on the bottom, by the way. You gotta mix it up. Lothario. Uh, goes to look for that strawberry yogurt cautiously. <laughs> uh, disgusted but intrigued. Yeah. Uh, I assume it's downstairs. Let's go look for Tifi. As you guys go downstairs to look for Tifi for various reasons, that is where we're going to end our story for today. That was fun. These are the real Gertrude's dudes. That's right. I want if you do what? make T-shirts, I want one that says like Trudes dudes. You like with an apostrophe like Trudes. Yeah, I could see like decorative cabbage getting drunk and just like propelling himself down the side of the boat and changing it to like Gertrude's turds. <laughs> but it's yeah. like misspelled yeah. horribly. <laughs> it's Gertrude sandwiches. Oh my god! Even his writing is slurred. I don't. I know. <laughs> Thank you for joining us. This has been Awful Neutral. Catch you next week, nerds. Thank you so very much for listening, and I hope you stick around as we grow and get better. If you like what you heard, please check out my other podcast, Science Faction. It's a comedy science news program available on iTunes, Podbean, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening, nerds. See you next week.